0: You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Welcome to the paranormal portal podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast. It's uh, been amazing. You guys have been amazing out there uh, checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um, it's just a real, real pleasure. Uh, Of course, I'm your host, Brent Thomas. This is the paranormal portal podcast. And uh, once again, special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible.
1: Hey all don with paranormal portal thanks for joining us again for this next episode as i promised part two of dean harrison yowie researcher from australia uh, where we were really excited to do this uh, interview and we hope that you enjoyed part one and here is part two as promised Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget, we do have the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash paranormal portal. Join us there and see even more of our shenanigans. Thank you. Have a great day and enjoy this episode.
0: Our guest tonight is Mr. Dean Harrison from Australia, a uh, Yowie researcher and a uh, hell of a guest as it turns out. <laughs> it's been absolutely compelling listening to your stories. Now, if you don't mind, something I'd like to ask right on the front end is, how did you get to the point that you were willing? Uh, I mean, it's it's an incredible act of courage to be so terrified by something and then to turn around and actively go after it in this case because you had just had that one one experience where it was shadowing you, mirroring you, and and stalking you, then to, in turn, go and stalk something yourself, the very thing that that terrified you. How do you get to that point? I mean, because I know it's, you mentioned the question, the quest and all of that, but was it a big internal struggle to do this?
1: Initially, it was a thirst for knowledge. There was no information available at the time. I made it, my role, I guess you could say, a lot of a better term, to gather this information and make it available for the public. And when I say make it available to the public, I mean people like me, people like myself who've been in situations and needed knowledge. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of what we've done with the AYR. We have a database is the biggest in the world. website that's the largest in the world. We have over 1,000 files online. We've collected data going back from the first white settlers to this day. Uh, Our database and our website is that important. There's been so much work and so much research invested in this Mm -hmm. that the Australian National Library has preserved it. Um, Now, we're hoping that in the next 200 years, uh, people look back and say, thank God you guys did the homework, you've made our job a lot easier, if this hasn't been concluded by
0: that time. Hmm. So do you think it will be ever? Um, do you, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that there's pushback from some levels to keep it uh, the, the realm of folklore rather than allowing it to become a recognized species?
1: Well, that's that's sort of getting into... A conspiracy.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not one for conspiracies, but yes, I have had my exchanges. Okay. Uh, with, with, uh, with, with government level. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Now, now, in in my position, I have been in correspondence over the last twenty odd years with Parks and Wildlife. The military, um, police on all levels, etc. And and it's all been quite friendly, except for there was an occasion where they felt that I needed to be looked into and also my files. And that 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 was a long time ago. And I think technology has moved on so rapidly over the last couple of decades that if they want to do it there's nothing i can do about
0: it sure yeah i mean it is it is an effort in futility with as much as we're plugged into everything uh you're right but i i just find that interesting and and i agree i mean i don't i don't necessarily uh subscribe to all the ideas out there but i think it's interesting that so many people have come to that same conclusion that there was some kind of pushback they experienced. So, um, you know, you're, you're kind of in a unique situation being in, in Australia, and I don't know, you know if it's a matter of governments, you know, that are different and different approaches, but um, I find that, that it's concerning, I guess, because there is a lot of evidence out there. And, and I guess that's the part that's the most puzzling with all of the footprint evidence, including dermal ridges and uh, real... Um, you know things that that would be nearly impossible to fake with any credibility and then hair samples that have been tested and uh you know um the the anecdotal evidence is off the charts that people are coming back with these stories and yet it still doesn't seem to be getting any kind of uh uh attention on the scientific level and that seems uh, surprising to me because I really believe this would be like the biggest discovery in probably the history of discoveries because There's a lot of questions that might be answered by understanding and acknowledging these things are out there.
1: Yeah, well, we had uh, a great report come in, I think, last year, and again, a lot of Australians, they'll they'll be aware of this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was uh, an archaeologist that was doing surveys uh, in the border ranges. Now, the border ranges is a massive mountain range on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. And in his studies, he climbs up through mountains and he does some, some pretty rugged climbs. Mm-hmm. This particular occasion, he had gone up through some waterfall cascades, high up into uh, the, the mountain peak there. And as he gets to the next challenging climb, he notices there's something to his right. Mm-hmm. Turns round, and here is this hominid squatting, looking forward, still like a statue, not moving. Wow! Covered from head to toe in hair, protruding jaw, eye ridges. Now, all the same traits, mm-hmm. and. It, It's squatting, pretending, in effect, that it's not there. Now, of course, he goes into fear panic as he's looking at it going, (laughs) because you're trying to register what's going on here. Your eyes are sending a message to the brain, and your brain goes through the filing cabinet and comes up with error 404 file not found. And... He, because he sort of dabbled in that sort of area anyway, he knew what it was and he wasn't hanging around. So basically, his reaction was even though he had a camera in his backpack, and that's another thing we can talk about later. Yeah. Um, his reaction was flight or fight. Mm-hmm. Fight or fight. And he turned and he walked as slowly and calmly as he possibly could until he got out of sight and then hightailed it back down the mountain. And this left him in a real quandary, because being an academic, you don't believe in this sort of thing. But he was forced to because he saw it with his own eyes. And he said, this thing that I stood there looking at, he said, that should have been here two million years ago, not in 2017. (laughs) Good point. And because of that, because he was taken by it so heavily and affected by it so heavily, he went and got himself a diploma in, uh, in um, uh, anthropology. Oh. So, so he could learn more about these creatures. And so he had a pretty good idea uh, about all, all this. And we um, spoke to him at length about this and the hypothesis. But my point being is that in the academic world, he's not allowed to mention it. Because we said, have you mentioned it to any of your peers? And he said, no, absolutely not. He said, that would be the end of my career. Yeah,
0: That seems like such a tragedy, though, because it's, I mean, there was a, and I understand his reasoning. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like everybody, you know, should put themselves out there no matter what. But it was, it's just a, 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 I guess it's good to know that there are people out there that are still, you know, subscribing to the, to the idea, having either witnessed it or seen enough evidence that they're willing to, to uh, you know, uh, look into it on their own. But, uh, you know, it's, it would seem like such a powerful statement for someone of that credibility to, you know, come forward and boom.
1: His, his opinion was that in time to come, there'll be an archaeological race to find fossil evidence because once the first bone is found... He said, it'll be on for young and old. He said, well, they're trying to find the fossil levers. What was? He said, here are you guys trying to find what still is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, these these things are not fossils. (laughs) You didn't get chased by a fossil, that's for sure. (laughs) Now, uh, what would you say, how fast do you think it was going? You said about four times your speed. So you think it was in the possibly 40-mile-an-hour range that it was running circles around you? Well, I don't know. Yeah.
1: They've, they've been clocks up to, yeah, I'd say probably about 40. Uh, maybe a little bit more. If we go in kilometres, uh, we had one at a place called boy boy. Mm-hmm. He was doing 60 kilometres an hour, which would have been pretty close to that. And it was actually running faster than Usain Bolt. And I think Usain Bolt in kilometres was 44.7 kilometres. And this thing was was just as fast when you've got faster, but I have heard them being faster than that. So when you're competing against something that's so athletic and especially agile through the bush, ability to drop to four forwards and navigate. And um, the biggest thing, which I, I was getting back to my last mm-hmm. story, because I mean, we, we're not going to get time even to get to where I got hit by one. Oh. Um, we're, we're not going to get there. Sure. It's, there's just there's just too much to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, not, we're probably about... Ten percent of the way. Through the of my house.
0: <laughs> well, I'd love to have you back if you're willing to come. I'd love to have you back because. Uh, well, let
1: me, let me let me just let me just finish this story. Sure. Of, of the Blue Mountains and Fatfoot. So when I last left you before the break, I was on the ledge and this thing had gone past me. So I got a time of when he was coming up. Since then, I spent many many nights with him. Uh, I used to wait until eight o'clock. And he was like clockwork most of the time. He would come up on either one or two tracks, and he got to know me. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons he got to know me is because I would do this distinct whistling. He would know it was me. So I did this for safety, but I mean, for him to feel comfortable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'd whistle this same shoe and go, ah, yeah. And he used to play, we used to play this game over, over a period of time. We used to play this game called How Stupid Is The Human? <laughs> and I'd be the stupidest human. Okay. And in this game he would test his abilities against mine. And this is what the other people are saying, he's just like a big kid. All he wanted to do is play games. And it's was so true. He was unique, he was one of a kind. I've never met another one like this personality, another one like this character. Mm. So he'd try to he'd play this game called How Stupid is mm. a Human. How close can I get to him without him realising, without him knowing? Right. And so I'd play dumb. So up here would come, you here and come. And as he gets close, you slow down, then you go into stealth mode. It's like he thinks he's my guy, but He's been watching movies <laughs> through the, the, the lounging window too often. And he's, he's going from tree to tree to tree. He's been as quiet as he can. But he's too heavy. You, you'd hear the, the, the twigs breaking. And you know, he'd stop just like the other one. Stop. And nothing no, Nothing to hear <laughs> and then he'd move on into the next tree. And I'd have my back to him most of the time, sort of looking up. I keep the, the flashlight off and I'm oh, not over there. Oh, are you over here? Knowing full well he's where where he is. Right. And uh and I'm just playing dumb. and, he, and he's and he just you feel it from him, he's going, Oh, I am that good. I really am that good. <laughs> and so I'd let him get as close as as I felt comfortable. And as soon as he got within a certain perimeter, and that was pretty close, and also keep in mind that I was right next to my car as safety. I would never have tried this away from my car. Mm. Um, so push came to shove, if I had enough time, I'd be just head first straight through the door. Providing I didn't lock my keys in like I did one night and have to smash the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he'd play this game so he'd come up, and then he'd get so close. And I used to wonder, I used to wonder, if I didn't put the spotlight on him right now, what would be the next level? What's, what would his next play be? Because there is nothing between that tree right there and me standing here. And he's got to, like, level 10. What's his level 11? What's his... What's... Surely he's. Maybe he's. Maybe he's there too. Going, well, what's his next move? Or yeah. well, I don't know what my next move is. And so I mean, it was so uncomfortable. You'd have to put the spotlight on him, and off he'd run all the way back down the valley. And after he'd finished, when he got down the valley, he'd come all the way back around and he'd start again from a different angle. Mm. And he'd do the same process, and he'd play this all night, every night that I was there, and it was amazing. So. Being in this situation where you had something that was—I you know, mean, I almost call them reliable. If if I had the equipment now, back then, with something that put itself in this sort of open position, I would have so much footage. Unfortunately, we can't find another one like this one, not yet, anyway. So so I reached out to production companies, uh, TV stations, anyone that had. Cameras, or could help me. And remember, this is like this is pre-mobile phones, and there's no cameras and phones or anything like that. Um, the extent of my imagery was like a little Kodak camera, it was about twelve dollars, and it had a, I don't know, about a six-yard flash range. <laughs> that was the extent of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Compared to now, we've got flare and everything. Um, and so I reached out to all these people, but nobody took me seriously back in the nineties. Um, and then I remember I had a couple. Of, so, so during this process, I AYR was created, and I was collecting reports from all these different people were riding in, and we were saying crazy something really great. And two of my guys had come down from Queensland, and uh, this crazy Phil, and uh, because he was just crazy, and uh, and Colin Bick Warren, because he just got out of jail, I and mean, it's the best help I could get at the time. Sure. And um, so. They came down because they wanted to experience and, and see fat for And So we went out to the location, and I said, "Well, he'll be here soon. He normally turns up about eight. I said, "Phil, you go down over there behind that tree stump." I said, himself and Warren will be over here on this track. He's going to come up on one of one of one or the other." So Phil had this UB camera, and he went down. and He squatted just on, just on dusk. He uh, went down. To this uh, tree stump, and he squirted down, and he hid behind it. And myself and Warren were over here on this track, and we're hiding behind trees. And then, you know, it's, it's like it's like hearing clock on for work. Mm-hmm. Morning, Ralph. Morning, Sam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> crack, 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 crunch, boom, 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 boom. Up he's coming, crashing, crashing, crashing. And then he goes to stealth, as I said before. As mm-hmm. he gets close, goes to stealth. And then we're not hearing anything. Silence. I did know that he was coming up on Phil's track. It wasn't ours. So we were sort of standing by going, Phil, take the shot, take the shot. <laughs> and uh, and then after a little period of just nothing, suddenly there's all oh, this commotion, crash, bang, and Fatfoot's on his way straight back down the valley. And we've run over to Phil, and Phil's standing there as white as a sheet, <laughs> shaking like a leaf. <laughs> camera in his hand. Phil, what happened? He said, well, I was down below. I couldn't hear anything. and I'll, I'll, I'll put my head up to see what was going on. And at the same time, he put his head up. He was on the <laughs> other side of the tree stump. And he's like, whoa. And I think Fatfoot would have got just as much of a shock as what crazy Phil did. And uh, so we lost him for about that particular night. We lost him for about about five hours, and we went back up to where, where the cars were and we cooked a bit of dinner, and, and Warren turns to me and he says, do you think he's still here? And I said, oh, yeah, he's still here, and he's out there watching us. Mm-hmm. And with that, I bent over and I picked up the spotlight, and I said, he's down there. He said, remember, this like pitch black. Sure. And I said, you know, he's out here somewhere, and he's definitely watching us, and I still back, and I just randomly... Pointed in the bush, hit the button, hitting fair square right on the chest. <laughs> it was beautiful, and the shock he got, and he ran. I mean, standing out in the open, he wasn't behind behind anything. He was in the actual open, laughing at us. You you guys are you humans are blind as bats, and he's laughing to stupid humans. Sure. and then he's he's run to the next tree, but this tree's only this wide and he's this wide and then he runs to the next tree which is wider and he goes down to all fours and then runs back down to the valley and he starts his next process but when I hit him with the spotlight he was a uh, massive chest, sorry, massive, huge like a bodyboard which is a reddish brown, remember like I was saying about mm-hmm. orangutan, gigantopithecus and all that sort of thing, sure. so that, that sort of hair colour is like about the same sort of length but this Big, big chest like a bodybuilder. He had these cannonball shoulders on wow. the, 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 I mean, him. He was, he was a powerful-looking unit. Now, my point about this actual bit of the story is about their eyesight. And this is probably one of the most important parts about these creatures is their eyesight. Mm-hmm. And this gives them the ability over us they can see us at night time, we can't see them. And yeah, as myself and Lord Pye used to talk about, was, was the eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, uh, the the heavy ridges that come over and protect the eyes and the eyes being sunken into the skull. It's to protect their eyes, their super sensitive eyes, during daylight mm. because be, it's too, too bright for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why they come out at night time a lot more and or stay in the tree canopies in the valleys where you know, the light's not so sensitive. But having these sensitive eyes gives, this, the, gives them this tremendous vision at night times, tremendous clarity, which is why you can see them running through the bush, through the bush we would trip over, yeah. walking, you know? Right. And they're just like, eh, straight through it. And this is why they can see us, we can't see them. So here's Fat knowing exactly, because he's had so much interaction on the boundaries of of human uh, population, Mm -hmm. he knows that he stands out there in people's backyards and people are just walking past him. They're not even seeing him. And he he just knew that we were blind. It was just by flick that I put the spotlight on. I could have faced it anyway, but I happened to hit him on the chest. So, so (laughs) therefore, we're walking past them so often and we wouldn't even know.
0: Right. Right. That's intense. That's intense. They can, yeah, they, and I've heard people that have seen them and they, 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 when they do finally see them, they're like, it doesn't seem like most people have a frame of reference for the size. Um, because I guess we're kind of conditioned to look for something about our size. And when there's something that's so much bigger, there's some people that have walked, you know, right up and then they realize that big tree that's there is not a tree at all. And, and, and this realization comes in and boom, and and that happens a lot.
1: Yes, it does. Wow.
0: And that's, that's absolutely, uh, I mean, it's, it's to me, the, the big thing, I guess, to see one, I would think would be so incredibly powerful, but you can't blame people for not taking pictures because when you do become aware of something that huge and that enormous, it's so far out of our frame of reference that the terror would be overwhelming. I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, someone like yourself, of course, who's conditioned and, you know, you've had a, a fair amount of exposure, I'm sure you could probably dial it in much better than most. But, like, if I saw one, I, you know, I'd be scraping my underwear. I wouldn't be thinking about my camera. Yeah, well, now, after
1: I was hit by that one in uh, 2009, that was another game changer for me. I, I can't. I'm not quite as bold as what I as what I used to be. Um, wow. It uh, really took the wind out of me. But that that's uh, that's not a story for now.
0: Sure. Well, we Yeah. We,
1: get to
0: that. Yeah, we I hope we will. Um, we the thing that I think is interesting is what you've what you've been saying all along is that you haven't found another one like that one. So there is really a huge diversity in their temperament.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and as I was explaining before, uh, their, are, their personalities are diverse as a human or an animal. So when people say, oh, no, they're, they're kind, they're passive, no, mm-hmm. no, everyone has a bad day and, you, and there's good and bad in everyone, whether it be a human or be it, be it an animal. So what makes them any different? Nothing.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I think that you're right. Though I mean, there are plenty of people that uh, look at they romanticize the hell out of it, which is is I mean, it's not a a, a bad thing, but I think it sure, sure could be dangerous. Um, I, I appreciate that they're coming from it on an esoteric level and and trying to think of these things as you know more spiritual guardians than than these these unknown hominid type beings, but I think that that's also a good reminder. That you know, these are they. They could be just like a grizzly bear, or they could be you know just like a, a crabby neighbor. You never know. I mean, they might be okay. They might be horrible. But it's a gamble. Well,
1: and, and, and another part of, of this show, I was hoping to get to at, at the latter stage was the anomalies. Mm. And it's, this is the part that I know that you're going to be really interested in. Oh yeah. But again, I don't. I don't know that we're going to have time for that either. Sure. Just, there's just too. There's just too much to run through. I'm, I'm not. I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Quickly, just before the break, you had mentioned that uh, Fat Foot, his eyes glowed. Do you think it was, was it literally glowing uh, or was it uh, just the reflectivity of light?
1: Well, this is where we sort of get back into the anomalies list. Okay, yeah. Are they self-generated or are they reflective? Mm -hmm. And that's a question we can get right into because... There's a lot of stories, and I've seen things myself, and uh, you can't explain them. And you know, not to harp on Lloyd Pye again, but uh, yeah. another thing that we used to discuss was the glowing eyes and how they can glow. Oh. And, uh, so yeah, that's pretty interesting.
0: Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal. And you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in all right ladies and gentlemen last segment of our show tonight it's been an incredible journey and it's gone incredibly fast but uh we owe that all to our guest tonight mr dean harrison who's joining us all the way from australia and uh you know having one segment left dean i want to make sure that Whatever you want to spend this segment on, you 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 can lead us where you want because, uh, you know, it's gone too fast.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, let me just mop up. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to finish Blue Mountains mm-hmm. and, and Foot just as quick as I can. Not to, so I hope I'm not boring anybody. No. Uh, no. There was a, a time that I had been – and remember I, I said that Fatfoot used to still close off clotheslines. Oh, well, I should have made my own said that. Uh, he used to take clothes from clotheslines, dog bowls, uh, loose things around people's homes, backyards, and take them down back into the swamp. Wow. And uh, there's one night that I would I was there for a bit and I didn't think he'd turn up. I was sitting on a railing and it would have been about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I'd gone for a wander, not too far away, and when I came back, there's a fresh pair of white socks sitting right next to my car <laughs> and I wonder if that was, I mean, they weren't there before and there's no one else there, so I just wonder if he'd been sitting there the entire time. Another time I was there, I uh, so i was taking exception to some foliage damage and, and so a man walking down the track having a bush walk and he looked at me and he starts to cut through the bush right towards me, which I thought was odd mm-hmm. um, and then he... He begins to question me about what I'm doing which I thought was odd. And it turned out that he was the local police sergeant. And I explained to him that, well, um, there's the area in this area, and if you have a look at this, uh, how else would you explain it? And then he'd looked at what I was showing him and sort of took his head off and thought, wow, wow, I, wow. <laughs> I did not know they were here. I didn't know he was a police sergeant at this time. And uh, he said, I'll tell you exactly where they are. I said, I didn't think they were here. He said, if you go down to and he went to a certain town, mm-hmm. a little bit to the west, he said, that's where they are. And then he, then he explained he was a local police sergeant. And then he was talking about cases that they've had where they've had to go find missing people oh. and cases where footsteps pretty much just stopped dead, went no further. All these strange anomalies, mm-hmm. and then the latest case at that time was a dismembered body that they had to deal with. And he said, uh, pretty much, we were walking around picking up body parts in a bag, oh, including God. the head. Oh. He said, all the boys at the station he said they all firmly believe that this was Yell related. Mm. Um, I said, but now I'm not too sure. But uh, he said, remember this, as the local police and as being the sergeant, we, I, have been informed by a higher authority not to cause public hysteria about this creature, Mm. which you can read a lot into. Um, I know on on a previous show of yours, you had mentioned something, some strange thing about an old lady that sometimes turns up. And I think this is probably getting on to the anomalies, which we, we shouldn't be touching on. Actually, I, I might leave that. Okay. I might leave that. But what, what I will say, now, now this one, this one here, and this is, this is, this is the wrap-up of the Blue Mountains. Okay. There's one particular night, and I hate telling this story because it's embarrassing. <laughs> one particular night. Um, it's a full moonlit night. The track was the sandy track, white sand, lit up. And I was standing off the track in the foliage with my little $12 camera and waiting for the big guy. And he wasn't turning up. And I'm getting impatient. I'm sitting there and waiting and waiting. And time's sort of ticking by. And I'm waiting. And then I hear this come through the bush on the other side of the track. And that's definitely four legs. It's getting closer, getting Mm. closer. And out comes this stupid-looking dog. <laughs> and well, okay. And he's come out with his snout on the ground, and he's on the scent of something. And he's come this way. And he's up and down, right in front of me, right in front of me. And it, it's lit up. It's lit up perfectly. And and I'm going with the camera in my hand, finger on the button. I'm going, Shh, go away, go away, and so. Sort of, and, and he's continuing on with his business. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. He's going to give my position away. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, where have I seen this before? I've seen this. I've seen this before. I just can't put my finger on it. And remember, you know, forgive me because it was back in my early days. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still a bit naive. And I'm trying to make out what it was. And he's low to the ground. He's got sort of shorty sort of legs. He's got this longer sort of snout that's, that's a little bit squarish. And he's got this long, rigid tail that comes out in the back. And he's got these stripes all the way down his back from the back flank and then from the back of the, oh the tail. No way. And I was, I just couldn't make out what this thing was. But whatever it was, was annoying me. And I wanted it to go away. <laughs> And then finally he did go away, and all the way home on the drive home, I was thinking, What's that thing? I've seen it before, I've seen it before. <laughs> and I'm lying there in bed, and I've rolled over and I've, I've grabbed uh, Out of the Shadows, which is a terrific book by Paul Cropper and Tony Healy on Australian cryptids. Mm-hmm. And I think, I reckon I've seen it in there. So I've opened up the page, and there it was. Oh my God, the thylacine? Uh, Thylacine, Tasmanian tiger. Oh. oh, my God! And you know, there's there's some people that spend their entire lives out there researching, trying to get some sort of evidence of this creature, because you know there's like a hundred thousand dollar reward if you do. Uh huh. And um, here I was sending it away with my phone, in my hand, the finger on the button, going. <laughs> So there's the embarrassment part of it.
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what? A, well, that is cool though. I mean, I gotta, I respect that though because that's amazing. That's that's uh, evidence. That's proof that they're still I, out there. I, I actually
1: did a documentary on that with Discovery Channel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And reenacted the whole stupid thing, which <laughs> I wasn't very, very happy about. That's what so, I mean, you know, What are the chances, right? What yeah. are the chances?
0: Oh my god. That is amazing. But I'm glad to hear they're out there. You know, I, I, it seemed like a real tragedy to have lost them in the wild. So they've just gotten a lot more cunning, I guess.
1: We, we had a chat yesterday, you and I, Brett, about sometimes when you're out on an expedition, you're throwing a curveball, mm-hmm. something happens. That, and, and I've got quite a few of these um, to draw on, but one in particular comes to mind. I'm now. now I'm busy looking the time. It's going to beat us, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm still up to the good stuff yet. Yeah. Um. There's this place called Mount Kembla, which is uh, below Sydney, in New South Wales, and it's notorious for strange things going on. And we had an expedition there one weekend uh, many years ago, and uh, I was teamed up with uh, a guy by the name of Craig, and Craig was a musician, mm-hmm. and so we. We'd spent the first night there. NTR, nothing to report. A lot going on. There's a few noises here and there. We changed locations and we parked in. I mean, the top of Mount Kembla and where we were in relation to Mount Kembla. Nobody goes there. We were just out in the wilds, the lots, right? Mm-hmm. And we parked off the sandy track into a, like a, a little alcove. And I said, "This is what we're going to do." We're going to play Lone Camper, which is something that we do. Uh, you'll be the Lone Camper. you know, you have barbecue with sausages and this and that. You'll sit there and play the guitar. I'll be in the car, sit back, no one can see me. And we'll see if we can draw one of these things in that way. Because often, if there's just one person, you've got a lot bigger chance. You've got two, three people, your chances diminish. Mm. Um, so he's out there, and it's probably about midnight-ish, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. and he's strumming away on the guitar and he's having a bit of a sing, and uh, I'm sort of starting to fall half asleep, and uh, and it's just pitch dark outside. Mm-hmm. And all I hear is him just strumming on the guitar. When suddenly I hear this female scream, this curdling scream out of nowhere. And I just sat up upright, and it wasn't a female; it was Craig. <laughs> and and I've never heard a man <laughs> scream like a woman to that capacity in my life. And and I'm looking, to, and he's he's not strumming anymore. He's just sitting there, white as a sheep, just looking forward. Craig, Craig. Are you alright? Nothing. Put the windows down a little bit further. Craig! Craig, are you alright? Nothing. And he's just sitting there, still. This is really odd. So I'm sort of looking up ahead of him and what's going on? So just, get out of the car and I walked up to him. I said, Craig, did you see something? And he just goes. I <laughs> said, Where? And he's not moving. Up there, he goes, near that tree? I said, I'll go up and have a look. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go up and have a look. Don't, 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 don't go up there. said, Craig, I'm going up there. So I grabbed my flashlight and I walked up and he's just in horror that I'm doing it. And I walked to this tree and had a fork in it. Mm -hmm. And I looked around the tree and looked up and panned around and I looked back down and said, "There's nothing here," and he's still just white as a sheet. <laughs> and I walked down and said, "Craig, what did you see?" And he's really finding it hard to um, to get the words out. And basically, what had happened was he was sitting there playing the guitar, and this face appeared Oof. in the fork of the tree, and he said it was the most demonic looking face he said it was like looking into the eyes of the devil oh
0: god
1: he said it was white it was shaped down like so it was it was he said he said you've never seen pure evil like I witnessed. and he said not just that he said when it looked into me it looked into my soul he said i felt it and he and it, it was just he was really disturbed about this and uh and uh, so it became time to go to bed. And, and I mean, he, he was really shaken up, believe yeah. me. I mean, I, I can't under, under emphasize this enough about how shaken up he was about it. And during the night, both in the car, he'd finally fallen asleep, settled down, fall asleep. And during the night, I woke to a vibration in the car going on. I mean, what is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that a truck? Is there a truck parked behind us? I mean, it couldn't be rational. Really We're like on a like little track. Yeah, can't be truck. Can't be truck. So I've, it, I've sort of looked around, and the entire forest is just lit up rose gold. The entire forest. And so I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it's got to be a truck, and he's got his brake lights on, just illuminating the whole area. Mm-hmm wake up! Greg, wake up! Damn it, Greg! No, he's not waking up. So I'm, I'm looking around. And this is crazy. So I've turned around. I've looked behind me, and there's nothing there. There's nothing this way. There's nothing that way. And there's certainly nothing that way. Check again. There's nothing there. <laughs> and the illumination. Greg, wake up! He will not wake up. Hmm. And I'm going. Hang on a second. If that's not coming from there, there. There or there. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. And um, <laughs> then, and he wouldn't wake up. And I, I wasn't getting out of the car for anyone. And them. Uh, and then this thing just, and then it just all went oh back my to normal. So that's that sort of thing that can sometimes happen on operations during expeditions that I wanted to throw at you because I mentioned it to you yesterday when we were talking oh. off air.
0: Yeah. That's really powerful, and and you know that's obviously there's there's a lot of people that believe that there's some coordination or in, that these these yaois and, and bigfoot are are extraterrestrial in origin. Um, I don't know what to do with information like that. I mean, I have no no point of reference, but it is you know it is interesting, um, and I don't think that that's what you're trying to say either. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of that. Uh, do you have any kind of feeling about that? Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back. And we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up. We're going in.
1: Yeah. Well, that's actually going to take an entire segment to get through. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do it as quick as I can. Self Eliminating Eyes. Here's a quandary. Mm-hmm. Because in situations where you have no moonlight, you have a heavy forest canopy mm-hmm. plus cloud cover, there there is no reflection at all. And so many people who come to us and tell us their stories, they talk about these self-illuminating eyes. Mm -hmm. Now these eyes can vary in color. Normally they're between uh, yellow or red, red being the normal, Mm -hmm. in my case, Um, White, and that has been reported again. We've also heard people say they changed color.
0: Oh, yes. I've heard that that
1: too. They they went from yellow to Mm -hmm. red. They were self-illuminating. Absolutely no reflection from anything. In my instance, no reflection. 100% impossible. Mm -hmm. These things were self-illuminating. How does it happen? Right. the tatum lectum in the eye, you know, the this, the, the that, the algae, the, the I've had all sorts of things thrown at me about, you know, maybe it can happen this way, maybe it can't. Um, but their eyes are, are certainly very unique to ours. They are not the same. And, you know, we get back onto the same story about their eyesight uh, over ours, their abilities over ours, just having them having physical abilities over ours. So that's one thing, but having eyesight and having eyes, You know, you got no chance. Yeah. Um, We've had um, now this one. This is this 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 one's a killer. Sideways blinking eyes.
0: Oh, really?
1: You like to talk about scary stuff? Yeah. This is. Very, and this is one of the stories I really want to tell you about, that we don't have time now, <laughs> uh, because it was really good. It was really good, and it's one of the worst I've heard. Oh my god! Um, and it really shook the guy up too. In fact, he's had to go to counselling a few times because he was a bit messed up after this. And he, and, and and this is the thing. I mean, in our position, uh, people come to us for counselling. Remember when I was saying, well, I had no one to go to, and right. we wanted to be those people that you can come to, mm-hmm. uh, we have people come to us and say, I need to talk because they're not dealing with it. PTSD, right. I mean, it's very, very prevalent. Yes. A lot of people don't see the Australian bush the same way again. They, um, they're they not the same. Right. They're, they're different somehow. And uh, we have heard cases where people have suicided. Oh. Because they couldn't handle it, they get too obsessed. It's too consuming. They can't let it go, and it takes over their world. And uh, and, and speaking to like-minded people is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. In one instance, one of the people went to a counsellor, had uh, re- really shaken up, going, "Well, I need help." And all the counsellor did was saying, "You." you didn't see that. Oh, God. There was no such thing. He said, by the time I walked out, I was feeling worse than when I went in there. Yeah. And so, so talking like-minded people and, and having that support uh, is one thing about AYR, that's what we're here for, mm. and that's what I wanted about AYR from the beginning is to, to have that. And this is why, again, the, the database is so important. Uh, you, can, you can dial in on the database. If you've seen something, you can book your, your town or suburb in you can bring up uh, all these different files, mm-hmm. um, that's a bit of solace for a few people. And I'd have to thank uh, Paul Crocker and Tony Healy, uh, authors of uh, The in out of, out of the Shadows, like the third book, the trilogy. This one's based on AYR, uh, all our files, and the next one is as well. Oh, cool. um, that that's coming out shortly. And they really helped a lot with a lot of the historical files that we have online and, uh, and they're, they're great friends and support to have. Um, Double row teeth is another one, and I know that this has come up with the American Bigfoot a couple of times, Mm -hmm. double row teeth, I haven't seen it myself, I hope I don't. (laughs) Gliding motion, not like it's running like a conventional human, seemingly gliding um, and silent as, as they pass. We hear a lot about that. You know, how that happens, how they do it, I don't know. But it comes up, and it's not a once off, it's not two off, not thrice. It comes up quite a bit. Yeah, it wasn't quite running; it wasn't. It was gliding.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, there's there's a few um, disturbing things. Then you have the disappearing, just vanishing into thick air, thin air. And now I've got another story about this as well. We're not going to have time. Hmm. Um, telepathy is another one. Yeah. Uh, and I've got more stuff to cover than that as well. I not have time on that. Camera shutting down. Uh, batteries being zapped. Now, are all these things that, you know, it was just coincidence. Mm. Maybe, could be, uh, flashes of light. Yeah. I know Gary Lynn spoke about this at one stage. He's a fan of yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spoken about. Uh, about this, this topic myself, but you know you get flashes of light and sometimes just sounds that just shouldn't be there, like rumbling sounds. Right. Um, oh boy, my gosh! Yeah, we've got some I'm just looking at a list over here because I've got some cheat sheets, and uh, now we go going to vocal capacities, hominid versus hominid. Um, the UFO association by you know, orbs and uh, orbs, it, yeah, you know, the mega fauna that's seen in Australia and around the world, or there's just too much to cover, <laughs> so we'll, we'll just keep it to a flesh and blood, Yowie, yeah. and that's how they came to this continent was by the land bridge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they start off as Australopithecines, new genus have been Homo, and uh, flesh and blood, yeah.
0: Now, do you think? Uh, just, just this is something I, th- I hope we can discuss quickly before the end of the show, but do you think they can see the infrared spectrum, um, like uh, the trail cams? How They always avoid trail cams. They can always seem to see them in, in yard lights, motion lights and stuff. They just know where that range is, and uh, they just don't trigger it. What do you think?
1: Absolutely 100% correct. Mm. If you want to protect yourself from one of these creatures... Put a heap of trail cams around your house. <laughs> know, you know what that is? No, um, we we uh, did pretty solid investigations into this many years ago, mm-hmm. and we drew comparisons with a lot of the, uh, the bigfoot bigfoot researchers. Exactly the same outcome. So uh, there's a place. Uh, still looking at time, freaking out. Um, there's a place in uh, Taree, New South Wales, and we got called to this location where there's a resident that was. He had a he had years worth of this thing stalking the house, mm. and they were pretty scared. And I can get around to his stories, which is just amazing. Um, there was this one time. I know I'm going to get sidetracked out. There's one time on this property we had a film crew because so we were shooting shooting a documentary, uh-huh. and I said to, is it night? At night, we'd already had an encounter, a visual encounter, a very good one. And we, I, I said to the cameraman. And but prior to this, I said, bring out infrared. And uh, so he's brought out his IR, and he had a big one like this that sat on this big camera.
0: Sure.
1: And said this is where he's coming from, up this hill here. So I want you to sit up right near the top, and just a little bit to the side, because you're going to get him as he comes down. He won't be far away. So he goes up there, and he's sitting there So we're all waiting. And we we're waiting, we we're waiting, and then suddenly this guy yells <laughs> and he comes running all the way down. What happened? He said, oh, he said, I'm waiting and I'm sitting there, I'm really quiet. And he said, along he comes, crunch, 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 and then just, and it sees him and the infrared boom, just blows up like that. Yeah. And he turns around he runs down. But that wasn't my point. We're talking about uh, infrared in general. So... On this particular property, I'll just use this one analogy because we've got many, uh, there's uh, a trap that this creature used to use. And uh, we set up infrared packs with our hidden cameras. And this is, this again, prior to today's technology. So sure. back in the day, we used to make our own. We made our own everything from mm-hmm. the camera, channel power, packs, to, you name it, we made it. And uh, so we set all these up. And it was only a matter of probably about a week or two that the and we've got a set up. So this thing had to walk past them because there's a shroud this way, It had to walk down this track and walk past them to be seen. So we weren't shining it back up where it was coming from. And as it comes down, you can see it's, it's gone this way and then it's gone and he's gone all the way right around there. Wow. And we, we did that a lot. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's amazing. So that was, that was yeah, they, they can say it. So every time you set up infrared, and I've ruined an area, absolutely ruined one of the best areas at Springbrook by putting trail cams around, everything stopped. It just stopped dead. I had everything going on. And I oh. again, I can go over that. We've got to run out of time. Yeah. I just want to do a quick shout out to Thanks. a couple of friends. We have um, three podcasts predominantly in this country. Mm-hmm. One of them is a good friend and associate associate colleague of mine, uh, Sarah Bignell. She has Yowie Central. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, really good stuff that she's doing over there, and I uh, uh, fully support that. And we have um, have uh, Yowie Chronicles with, uh, with Tony, mm-hmm. and then we have Cade Moyer. I know you're watching, Cade. <laughs> uh, Cade Moyer, your friend Cade.
0: Yeah. Uh, yep.
1: yeah. With, believe and i know he likes to get his plug out there so <laughs> to check it out believe
0: amen brother well thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it and you've made it an incredible journey
1: unfortunately we didn't have enough time to get through it all
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you check it uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.